Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the African Five-A-Side podcast. Uh, today I have with me uh, a very, very good friend, a former roommate of mine at the previous African Cup of Nations, uh, Danish-born, Zambian-adopted uh, journalist, football journalist, Booster Kirchner, um, somebody that I really respect for their opinion and probably the only non-African by nationality that I'm going to have on this podcast simply because I know he knows what he's talking about when it comes to Zambian football. Um, so Booster, it's, it's a pleasure to have you uh, on this podcast. No, thank you so much for that uh, introduction, uh, Mahir. I'm very humbled to be here as a, a non-African to take part in this podcast. So You're, you're, you're practically African. <laughs> My privilege. <laughs> thank All you so right. much. So- so, so as you know, we've been doing this on a team-by-team basis, um, and today we're going to be talking about Zambia country, which you know very well. You've lived there. Uh, you know the footballing scene quite well as well. So so let's talk about uh, qualifying. Zambia had a very impressive qualifying, uh, neck and neck with Cote d'Ivoire for top of the qualification group. Um, and this was after they had missed a few AFCONs. Uh, was it a little bit of a surprise to see them do that well? Yes, it was. It was in, indeed a bit surprising. Um, I'm going to say it was surprising since looking at the previous four to five years, Zambia has really been struggling. Um, there's been too many coaches going in and out the team, and we haven't really seen that, yeah, quality football from Zambia for, for yeah in a long time. So the way Zambia performed and portrayed themselves during the qualification was was quite surprising and also impressive. Um, I think it's important to note here, uh, talking about the qualification, that um, Zambia was in quite a special group um, because from the first pot was was Ivory Coast. And Ivory Coast, of course, quality team, but also a team that was already pre-qualified. And, and you know, it, it, it gives you the vibe that you start doubting, are they, are they really putting their fullest or are they sort of... Um, you know, uh, trying out a lot of different uh, experiments in, in terms of their uh, tactics. Anyhow, Zambia really played well, uh, played against Lesotho and the Comoros and um, did what had to be done. So impressive and, and, as you also mentioned, a bit surprising. And Zambia, I mean, for, because this is, I mean, we're speaking to the wider footballing public here. Uh, some people think they're a small team in Africa, but Zambia have won in AFCON. They've been to a final in 1994. It's a country that really loves football, right? I mean, can you explain to somebody that doesn't know Zambia in general, how much football means to the, the people and to the country? In 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 the sort of self-awareness, the self-understanding of, of many Zambians, uh, I believe I can say, football is, is huge and Zambia is a footballing nation. Um, without without going too much in depth here, but I've I've dealt with the academic part of Zambian football, uh, examined the connection between Christianity and football in Zambia, and the kind of of Christian identity and football really is connected in Zambia. There's a, a Zambian saying or proverb, "Bola nalesa," which means football with God. So these hugely popular cultural phenomena. Christianity, going to church each Sunday, and football are, are so connected and, and part of everyday life in Zambia. And um, as, as you mentioned, Zambia has won the AFCON in 2012 and reached the final just uh, yeah shortly after the, the tragic 
um, air crash in 1993. Um, and in many Zambians' understanding of themselves, Zambia is, is a huge footballing nation. Um, if, if not up there with Cameroon and Egypt and these countries, then just in that layer uh, below. Absolutely. So, so let's talk about uh, the coach, Avram Grant. Uh, Avram Grant has coached in Africa before. He was with Ghana. Uh, of course, most people know him, I think, from his stint at Chelsea. Um, I think, you know, from, from my perspective, hiring a coach like Avram Grant has now become counter to the trend that's happening in African football. I think what we've been seeing with 13 local coaches or, or you know, domestic coaches, as we like to say, at this upcoming AFCON, 13 out of 24, I think the trend is more about hiring local, usually former internationals, younger, um, former players that, that are now coaches, people like Ali Usise, Jamal Belmadi, Kabadia, Wara, Eric Shala, Mali. This is really seems to be the trend. But now we see Avram Grant, we see... Uh, it's much more, I feel like, a hire from 2008, 2010. But at the same time, he's managed to get results. How how has he his hire, how was it received initially in Zambia? And what do people think of him now? Great analysis there, Maher. Um, I would say that after the turmoil Zambia has passed through in terms of sacking of different coaches, um, Mitchell, the, the, the Serbian coach, was there, a brief stance back in 2020, going into 2021, was replaced by, by different caretakers. Bestan Chabesi was there twice, actually. And then a Croatian coach called the Asanovic uh, succeeded him. Um, so the whole plan or the idea um, by bringing in Avram Grant was to create some kind of stability, kind of calmness, so to say. And as a person, a figure, Avram Grant is a very balanced figure. Uh, the way he portrays himself in press conferences with the media, with the players, uh, even in Lusaka, uh, he, he just seems to be very much in balance and respected and down to earth, uh, so to say. So that, that's, I think, is the character which kind of transcends ethnicity here. Um, He's very calm, yeah. You don't see him like yelling at players and not at all. Very analytic, uh, very not laid back because I, I believe he's hardworking, but he also has a squad of or a coaching staff around him of, of fellow Israelis. Um I've I've spent quite a few, uh, quite a number of months in Zambia last year, 2023, and I also attended games where Evan Grant was was there as well. And um my impression is that he actually watches a lot of Zambian football, not only from the first tier, but also the second tier. And um, yeah, I think you and I, we know that it's not all coaches, national team coaches that that do that. So absolutely, yeah. the, the fact that he's living in Lusaka, he's well-respected, he's very calm with, with all actors involved. I think FAS, the, the Football Association of Zambia, has been ready to kind of overlook the fact that he's not Zambian and and yeah, opposed to this trend of, of hiring domestic coaches. Okay, let me put you under some pressure. I watched Zambia very recently against <laughs> Congo Brazzaville, and uh, nope. they were so exciting going forward. They, they won that match 4-2. They scored four goals, but they were very naive defensively too. And, and I love that front line, but I don't know how naive they were defensively. Like, I don't know how that's possible too. So, so let me, putting that aside at the moment, uh, 
how do you think they're going to play? What formation do you think they're going to play? Do you think you can name like a probable uh, starting 11? I think I can. Uh, but turning to your first question, Demo, here, in, in terms of how they're going to, uh, how the formation is going to be like. So Sambia is in the group with um, Tanzania, uh, Diara Congo, and then uh, they are playing Morocco in the last group game. And I think they're gonna, going to approach Congo and I mean, Dia Congo and Tanzania in the same way, probably a 4-3-3. Because the way I see it, Zambia has the most quality um, in the attacking lineup with, with the wingers. Uh, actually, they have even two good wingers, or too many brilliant wingers. Uh, I'm going to, to mention and, and talk about them in a minute. So I expect it to be 4-3-3 in those games. And then depending on how this group will, will be, they might, you know, uh, be more defensive in the last group game uh, against Morocco. Might be a four-two-two four as they also did in a recent um, World Cup qualifier. Um, the thing is that, yeah, when you look at the squad and how many uh, new players are coming in and out of the team, it's mainly in the defensing uh, part of the team, especially in the the goalkeeper position has been. Uh, a huge debate. Um, and Sabata Tosta has been there. He's a he's a kind of guy that most people in in Champions football knows because he's been at most of the of the top clubs. Um, but hasn't really performed. He's also on the bench in his local team, Sesco. So the the, the goalkeeper question is a bit um, is a bit tricky as well. And then yeah, naive. They might be. Uh, I think the two. Defensive midfielders will will be key to Zambia if they really manage to to connect the lines and and stay central and focused. Uh, they might do the job. That's Kings Kanswa, who's who's playing for Red Star Belgrade, and <clears throat> just uh, next to him, Emmanuel Banda. If if they can really compose that midfield and and make it strong and solid, then that might be it for Zambia. So so who's going to start in the front line is going to be is it going to be Sakala Daka and uh, and Lamak Banda probably That's what that's what I expect that's what I expect yeah. um the only thing that could be bringing me in a bit of doubt is uh, Lubambo Musonda which is actually the captain of the team um he's also been featuring in most games but been on the bench lately last few few games uh, for the Chipolo Polo um, so that's the question. Will he be a starter? Will he uh, be brought in from the bench? Good question. Um, there's even Edward Chilufia, who's also a yes. top, top player, I, I must say. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm mentioning these players because they're playing in Denmark, but but but, but they are both of them. And mm. uh, they've really been, been brilliant in the Danish league uh, the last few seasons, these two players. And, and I wanted to ask you about two players as well. One active, one not active. Stopila Sunzu has been with this team now for more than a decade. Uh, yeah, he was yeah. like one of the players of the tournament in 2012 when they won the AFCON. Uh, he's still playing, still in central defense. Are you? What are you expecting from him? And the second player who's inactive is Enoch Mwepu. Uh, how much of an absence? I mean, is that a real big absence? He's uh, had to stop his footballing career, I think, because of, if I'm not mistaken, heart problems. Uh, he was at Brighton. Um, is that a really big absence for them in midfield? Uh, it is indeed. Enoch Wipo was with uh, Patsandaka, the biggest name of the team. 
and the one you know playing in the highest rank. Uh, he was playing in Brighton. Um, it was a big loss, not only because of of the the footballing aspects, but but also he was a very social figure, a kind of glue to this team. And it was it was really obvious how the the team was suffering uh, when he stopped. And this was just very very sad news that such a young and talented player could not continue his his footballing career. Um, that being said, it's been a while now. Not exactly sure how many months. But Sambi has adopted, and the new midfield with with Kings Kangwa and Emmanuel Banda has taken over. Um, so I expect this to be in the past, and I expect, actually, I if if I know this, these guys, these players well enough, then they're going to to stay in touch with him and communicate. He might even, not sure if he's traveling to Ivory Coast, but he might be close to the team in other ways. Um, and that's also something I need to say about this team that. What we are seeing is only positive vibes, only good vibes. They seem to be a very coherent group uh, with a good mix of different, uh, you know, young and old players. And uh, that might be a good uh, way to to now talk about one of the older players, which you also mentioned, who you also mentioned, uh, which is Topila and Sunsu. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he, he'll be the only one who goes as far back as the 2012 team in Zambia's current squad. Um, and yeah, what can I say about him? He's been in and out of the national team. With Zambia has, has had so many different national team coaches, and sometimes he's been there, other times not. But he keeps coming back, and great mentality, great, great lad uh, for, for the guys. And I think all teams they need that kind of you know one player who just has that experience and and determination. Yeah, absolutely. So so let's move on. Who is the star player for the Zambian national team? I, I'm assuming from the outside, everybody's going to say Pat Sindaka. Is he the player that you think, and when I say star player, I mean, you know, if there's a complicated patch in a match, if there's an, a time when, you know, it's it's very tight and they need somebody to step up and really take the game by the horns, it's going to be this player. Would that be Pat Sindaka or would it be somebody else for you? It, it's very boring uh, response that I'm going to give you here, but I think passing no, no, no. is, <laughs> uh, is unavoidable. It's unavoidable. Um, you know, you and me and, and other journalists and, 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 you know, followers of African football, we, we of course expect a lot from the biggest players in the biggest games. But I think Pat Sandaka is one of those players that can actually put that on himself and lift the whole team in situations where the team is in need of, of something big and extraordinary. Um, I really love the way he's performing, you know, not only with the ball, but also without the ball. He's, he's grading his pressing, always aggressive in, in the duels, aerial duels, always aggressive and uh, working so hard on the pitch. Um, so that, that'll, be my, that'll be my response. Pat Sandaka has, of course, had a a tricky season with, with Leicester so far, struggled with injuries and been being in, a, in and out of the team. But uh, recently, in, in December last year, he's, he's really found himself, uh, showed some, some great shape and um, even scored four goals in December. So actually he's coming into the tournament in, in good form. And uh, yeah, he, he will be the player that Zambia goes to when, uh, when they need that, that final goal. 
Very interesting insight about, uh, especially him off of the ball. Um, and, and what about a player that is maybe young, maybe not necessarily young, but is kind of unknown in the Zambian national team? Like I wouldn't know him, you know, or somebody else on the continent wouldn't know him, and uh, and that they could explode. You know, they could be, they could draw our attention. You know, when we watch Zambia, they could be like, oh, who's that? Is there a player like that that you think is unknown and that could perhaps be well known by the end of the tournament? Uh, that's a that's a good question. Um, I think the first one I haven't really talked that much about a, a guy that people probably do know, uh, nonetheless, Islamic Banda. Uh, he plays in Lecce. People who, who follows the Italian leagues will will know him. Um, the, the the funny story to that is I was contacted by a Belgian scout back in must have been twenty eighteen or nineteen when he was playing his football in Zambia at at Sesco. And already back then he was he was unique, um, you know, explosive, um, yeah, so so st strong in his in his dribbling and all these things. But now he's he's being more uh, stable and and well known to the the mainstream football follower. Another guy who I think can is probably is <laughs> unknown to most non sambians is uh, Benedict Pesci. He's the captain for Red Arrows, Red Arrows, who is currently. You know, yeah, I'm not sure if they're leading the Zambian league, but they are. They're up there. Uh, the captain for a team, which, which is very interesting to watch, and um, might he might be a starter actually this time around on the on the the right back. Um, so he might be someone we can we can look out for who's coming from a local league but carrying a, a local team on his sh shoulder in his uh, in his daily career, and now maybe he can. He can bring it on to the the biggest showpiece. Beautiful. So so let's talk. Uh, let's wrap it up. Let's talk about predictions. Um, you don't have to give me an exact prediction, but what I would like to know is, according to the Zambian public, according to you know your friends when you speak to them, according to you know the news reports, what do you think would be considered a good tournament in Zambia, and what would be considered a bad tournament in Zambia? Uh, factoring in that you know they're in a group which is very interesting because. The DRC and Tanzania and Zambia, I think they all share borders, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and you see, like, there's a lot of crossover with Lingala and Swahili, and 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 there seems to be a lot of, you know, uh, there seems to be a little bit of a rivalry there. So it seems it seems like it could be yeah. a fascinating group in a sense. Um, so that might even add a little bit of spice to it. Also, what would be considered a good and a bad tournament uh, for Zambia? A good tournament. I believe for most Zambians would be if Zambia makes it to the the knockout stages. Um, again, in in most Zambian Zambians football self understanding, Zambia is as big as uh, DR Congo or at least bigger than Tanzania. So losing to Tanzania or even not winning will be considered by many a uh, horrible um, and very disappointing. So I think if Zambia, you know, finishes second in the group qualifies for the knockout stage, make a good performance, but leaves the tournament, that'll make most people probably quite quite satisfied. But then again, there are huge expectations to the Zambian national team. And um, you, might, you might find people that even if Zambia manages by surprise to reach the quarterfinals, or even the semifinals, if all goes well, even though I, I doubt Zambia to be found in, in the semis, they still, they still consider it to be, you know, compared to to previous tournaments, um, a disappointment. 
Well, Booster, thank you uh, so much for that chat. It was very, very interesting. Uh, we wrap up yet another preview as we try to speak to uh, 24 writers covering 24 different countries at the 2023 Africa Cup of Nations. Uh, that was the Chipolopolo, the Copper Bullets uh, of Zambia. Uh, continue to keep it locked on the African Five Side podcast as we continue to ramp up towards uh, the Cup of Nations. For now, we'll leave it at that. Thanks and peace.